Welcome to the You Glow Nurse Podcast, where we are growing and glowing through our nursing journey and practicing real self-care along the way. Ready for the real glow up? Join the conversation with me, your host, Fallon Lopez, BSN RN, Certified Health and Wellness Coach and CEO of RU Well, where I empower new nurses to adapt to busy nurse life by creating real self-care strategies that boost energy and build real self-confidence. So if you're struggling to keep afloat in this busy nurse life and ready to ditch the hustle culture, this is a space for you. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe to our online community and here on the podcast for more self-care resources. Let's do it, y'all. What's going on, family and friends, my nursing family? Welcome to another episode of the You Glow Nurse podcast with me, your host, Fallon Lopez. Today, I have a wonderful conversation coming to you live from another sister in the beautiful city, the hot city of Houston, Texas. My friend Rama Walker is on today. So I'm so happy to speak with her today. But before we get into all that, y'all just want to remind you, if you've been watching, if you've been tuning in, make sure you like subscribe, and join our wellness community for nurses. Please subscribe, leave a comment, a review. It means so much to me and to others so that they can tap in into this wellness community and know what's up. They will know what's what's going on here in on the You Glow Nurse podcast. So make sure you join us. Thank you. Okay. This season four, we've been talking about restoring purpose, redefining our purpose as nurses. Like I've shared in previous episodes, I, I went through some 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 difficult times earlier this year with my own health, with my mental and uh, emotional, spiritual health, where I was questioning my purpose. Like, God, what am I doing here? <laughs> what is this all about? Why am I feeling like this? Am I on the right path right now? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? And as nurses, we get challenged. You know, we we care. We want to serve. We want to help others. And sometimes when when the times get rough, when when things happen, you can feel like, okay, what how did I get here? What what really just happened? Is this part of my purpose, God? If you've had those moments, then season four is for you. And today I get another opportunity to talk with another amazing nurse guest, Miss Rama Walker. So let me just read a little bit about her bio as we bring her up here in a minute. Rama Walker is MBA, BSN, RN, CNO, COO of Nursify. So we're going to get to really dive in today. Rama is a Singalese born, turned Houston resident by way of New York City. Welcome. She is a leader with 15 years of experience in operations, mentorship, and clinical excellence. She has been a nurse leader for the majority of her career. She received her BSN from Prairie View A&M University and later obtained an MBA from Western, Western Governors University. She currently serves as the CNO and C Chief Operate, Operating Officer for Nursify. She also serves as Director of Development for Ambassadors of Change and Executive Director of Events for the new Black Wall Street. Rama is passionate about caring for others, especially women and young girls. She has launched her consulting business, which focuses on healthcare consulting and life coaching for women. 
She is active in the community and organizations, organizations such as Houston Food Bank, Houston Millennials, and is a member of the Junior League of Houston. Rama enjoys serving her life purpose by uplifting women through mentorship, networking, and fellowship. Rama also enjoys spending time with her three children, traveling and trying new brunch spots. This is going to be an amazing conversation. Let's please welcome Rama Walker to the You Glow Nurse podcast. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank hello. You for having me. Hi. Oh my gosh. Yay. And she's an <laughs> alumni. So this is amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Shout out to PB. PB. <laughs> you know, come on. You know, right? I was like, wait a second. Um, that should have been a little stronger, but that's okay. We'll we'll practice later. <laughs> we'll practice later. Is that right? Um, <laughs> the power of social media. Like, I have been seeing Nurseify and all the wonderful things that y'all have been doing for the nursing community. Um, there has been events back to back in Houston. So I'm super excited to join and hopefully one day even like collaborate with you all to just yes. give back to the nursing population here in Houston. Um, so it's been amazing to see the growth. Um, Rama was even on our local TV station recently opening doors for nurses, like nurses in the building. It was like yes. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. It was. It was. It was so great to connect with you on social media, y'all. So just let that be a lesson. You never know who you're going to meet. Um, just be open to meeting and making connections. It's super important in the nursing community. Okay. Ms. Rama, I want to ask you something. Let's get into it. And you're part of Houston Millennials. I, 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 I try to attend sometimes here and there. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. It can be a lot, but I really love all the work that they do. Um, and why I failed to mention that I'm also part of TNA and Black Nurses Association of Greater Houston. Um, also do a lot of good work with them as well. Yes, that's uh, that's amazing, y'all. We have to make time to give back, to show our faces. I know it can be easy to just like go on work mode and just keep going and going, yeah. but giving back, being a part of organizations. Networking is so important. Yes, 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 yes. Very, very important. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but it takes it takes some time to get to a place where you are feeling like empowered to step yes. into those spaces and places. So, Ms. Rama, I want to ask you, when have you felt most empowered in your purpose? Let's start right there. Hmm. So, I think that I've always known that I like to take care of people. You know, I grew up as the eldest in my family and was my mom's right hand man as far as managing the household and taking care of everybody. So um, feeling empowered in my purpose really came in. I would say when I first aligned it with my career was an outpatient nursing. I think that is the best opportunity to grow relationships with your patients because in normal settings of acute care, you meet the patients, take care of them maybe a day. You might get lucky and take them, take care of them for consecutive days, but then they go home. You never really know what happens. So in outpatient setting, I worked in wound care and literally was able to take care of the patient from beginning to healing. And that wow. was <clears throat> such an empowering uh, position because not only were you just physically taking care of the patient, but you were also having to consider 
the whole patient. And so mm-hmm. my director at the time used to say, we don't take care of the whole in the patient. We take care of the whole patient. Um, so because you have to understand their lifestyle, you have to understand um, how connected are there are they to this limb per se? Because amputation may be a conversation down the line. How are they caring for mm-hmm. themselves? Um, are you in alignment with making sure they understand how much what goes into their bodies, their family environment, their social environment? And so you have so much responsibility when it comes to caring for this patient and their wound, and they become part of your family. And so I took that very seriously. I knew that um, everything I say, my body language, how I approach the patient, how I educate the patient really impacted their healing journey. Outside of the scientific stuff, all the other things were really so important. And I eventually became the leader of that department. That was something I made sure that my team was well aware of. Like, our patients are watching our every move, like your energy when you walk into the room. Um, how gentle are you when you're undressing their bandage? What's your facial reaction? If there's an odor, you know, how do you make them feel comfortable? So there's so much power that goes into the care that we provide and they carry that with them when they go home. You know, so that mindset that you're handing off to the patient is just so important. I love that. I love that. I just hear you know, you talking about a like forming a relationship with your patient in a different nursing experience. You know, we, we all might have start off or sometimes you always think like when you're, when you're a new nurse, you're thinking like, Hey, I have to get this inpatient experience. That's, that's the totality of my nursing empowerment. That's where I'm going to feel my most confident when I am, learning these skills, when I'm inpatient, when I'm taking care of all these patients. But what I hear you saying is like forming that trusting relationship with a patient in a different setting, that outpatient setting. And it's funny because I work, I work in outpatient right now and Mm -hmm. it's been so uncomfortable. It's different because I'm a critical care nurse. It is, it is. And sometimes when you're in a different environment, you can feel uh, just like the new person, unempowered, the opposite, Mm -hmm. you know? So when was the time that uh, you felt like maybe at, at your, not as empowered and, but through it, you, you got to purpose on the other side. Um, For sure. I think in that same, the way that you're feeling in the very beginning, when Mm -hmm. you come into, for example, established patients, right. That have already had a, Um, relationship with another nurse, and then you go in to take care of them. They're looking at you like, who are you? And they're literally criticizing every little thing you do. Well, my nurse does it this way. And (laughs) like, you don't really know. This is the product that you're supposed to use. And you're like looking at the orders and you realize that maybe nurse Susie, you know, adds a little extra tape in a crisscross and you don't, that's not in the order, (laughs) you know? So being able to, um, explain to the patient that you're just as competent and Mm. just as knowledgeable. But I think some of that comes with your nursing community. So I had to literally pull in those nurses who were already there to like do a handoff or an introduction and to Mm. help build confidence, you know, because that patient is thinking, who are you? You don't know anything. Why are you here? So I would have days where I'm just like, dang, like I'm not going to be able to do it. And so to build my confidence, I was 
volunteering to take the new patients because I'm like, I'm about to make an impression on a new person that's going to fall in love with me. And that helped build my confidence. And so when I was able, when I had to deal with the follow-up patients who weren't as familiar, I can carry some of that confidence from the other patients that I build a rapport with and help grow it. It takes some time though. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, And the more you ask questions, the more you learn. I think some of that insecurity can come from the newness of it all, the lack of knowledge. And even though you're knowledgeable in general, there's something new and different and unchartered about these new waters. And so naturally it affects, you know, the way that you interact. So definitely encourage um, asking questions and leaning on your coworkers and just being very honest with the patient. Like, okay, you know yourself better than I do. So talk me through it. You know, let me know Mm. what the other nurse did for you that was so special. And I can definitely do it that way for you. Like, don't make them feel like you're coming in to do things your way or the highway. They're the patient. It's their care. Meet them where they're at. And don't be afraid to be like, well, tell me how she wrapped it. (laughs) And I can do it that way, too. So... I love that. Oh my God. That's so true. Like communication and just so many good things, like just leaning on your community, uh, whatever situation you're in, whether you're transitioning to a new position, you're a new nurse, wherever you're at, like just using your resources, being curious versus like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to do it. Absolutely. You know, it's got to be my way or the highway, you know, like. (laughs) Just be open, be a sponge. And I think, mm. you know, when people see that you're eager and you're excited to learn and you want to see it done a different way, they're more likely to embrace you and take you under their wings, patients included. So I think yeah. just never feeling like you're above um, learning or doing it a different way has just been a door opener for me because I will humble myself in a hot second. Like, listen, Mm. I don't have a clue. So please tell me, (laughs) you know, and I'm willing to learn. So. And that's so important that that's, that's been, that's been one of my, uh, one of my learning moments, my learning curve moments, you know, to become more empowered, like, Hey, this, this unsureness, this, uncomfortableness it's part of the process wherever you're at like it's just part of the process of growth and giving myself that okay and like I was talking about with Wendy the grace and the space to just move forward in that you know Mm -hmm. um but I love what you shared also about you know when you're taking care of the patient you're not just taking care of the whole you're taking (laughs) care of the whole patient and that's something that we could all um, carry with us even uh, even wherever you're at, even if you're not in wound care, like it just goes a long way, you know, just partnering with your patient, um, no matter how busy you get, no matter, no matter yeah. how frustrated you get, you know, remembering your you're partnering. It's, it's, you're, you're giving that care. You're finding the best way to care for your patients. And maybe it is like, Hey, I, how did they do it before? I'll do it for you right now. You know, like, (laughs) but maybe we, maybe we grow together. Maybe we learn a better way together. Maybe I add something along the way and it it takes time. It takes time to build those skills of trust. Like you're, you're always like my boss always says, like, you're always on stage when you're with your patients, like, you know, yeah. and for nurses um, that struggle, like with um, 
selling for me, like, okay, this might sound random, but as an entrepreneur, you know, you got to sell things. Um, And so I was like, I don't know how to sell myself. Like, how do I do that? Like, I got to make it important. Like, how do I do this? And a mentor of mine was like, well, as a nurse, you're you're always selling. You're you're selling Mm -hmm. what you're doing. You're you're how you show up in the room, how you how you step out, like how you're like, okay, well, I don't know this answer, but I can find out for you. Like you're always selling to your patients that you can trust, that that, that yeah. they can trust in you. And Absolutely. I'm like, oh, okay. That took me a different yeah. place. Yes. I mean, we don't realize how much of our skills are transferable when you, know, when you transition into the entrepreneurship because it definitely is a skill to get people to trust you enough to like let you poke them, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, think about the things that we have to do to patients. Like we have to convince them that we have studied and we've earned yes. enough accolades to put things down their throat, to give them medicine, to stick things in their private areas. Like, okay, if we can, and you just got that thirty that, seconds. Sometimes you just got like a thirty second little <laughs> window, and you're like, I can do this. Look into my eyes. We're gonna take right. care of you. You good? Like, and it's simple things. Yeah, so we, we can convince patients to do that. We can convince some fellow nurses, you know, to do things with us. So I think we we short sell ourselves regarding mm. what we are capable of doing um, because it's not easily prescribed. Like in your mind, you're just like, this is bigger than what it is. Like we make a mountain out of a molehill. And so I think just getting back down to the basics and thinking about what it's like, what I used to tell my nurses all the time, start with the why. And this is something that our organization at the time was very passionate about. And so when people connect with your why, they'll, they'll meet you and they'll they'll go with you where you need them to go. So when it comes to patients, like the end result of this procedure or this medication or whatever is this. So start there and then work your way backwards. Like, don't just start by saying, I need to give you this pill. But why? Like, okay, because you have X, Y, Z and yada, 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 you need this. And I'm going to, this is how I have to give it to you though, in order for you to receive the result that we desire. So in any situation, I start with the why. I do that with my kids. Like, Mm. because you need to be safe or because you need to be rested for school, you got to go to bed. Like they, they connect with the end result. And I think most people are wired that way, but we haven't really been taught to communicate that way. So I just use that in all areas. I'm just like, start with the why, go with the end result. Why is it that I need you to do this? Why is it important? And then work our way back. Oh my gosh. That's good. Because we, as nurses, uh, we know those things. Like we're kind of taught the critical care rationale. What's the rationale? I literally asked myself that so many times. Okay, but what's the rationale? Why why are we doing this? And if I don't understand why I'm doing something, I'm not going to walk into the room and be like, oh, let's do this thing. Like, I need to know why, how, what's going to happen. And a lot of times people don't have the patience for me, but it's okay. (laughs) Doctor don't have the patience for me. NP don't have the patience for me, but I'm going to find out. But I will go... And look it up then. Okay, let me find out. Give me a few minutes yeah. and then I'll be back to go stick the patient or to send them off to the CT or whatever, whatever. But I got to yeah. know. And having that mindset, like I feel like like that goes back to not just the hole in the patient. We're taking care of the whole patient. Like that's what makes yeah. us nurses. 
But what yeah. do you do when you get to that place where you're like, well, I'm just a nurse, you know, like it's not mm. this empowered feeling. It's just like, maybe you got burnt out. You're emotionally overloaded. You're just fed up. Like, how do you get back on track with your purpose? Like back to your why, right? Like, yeah. how do you, have you ever experienced a time like that? And how did you, did you navigate it? I think it all starts with self. So when I found myself um, questioning things of that nature, I had to retreat and go inside, you know, mm-hmm. and thinking back to how I got to where I am, why I'm, I am where I am, what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. So uh, I know we talked earlier about doing some inner work and that part is so important because we end to fall into this cycle. You get up, you clock in, you do your thing, you go home. And so um taking the time away from work to actually separate, pouring back into yourself in different ways. And that's self-care, which I know you're passionate about um, as well. So it's just important to really try to figure out what it is that fills your cup, because it looks different for so many people. I think publicly people talk about self-care and for women, they automatically assume it just looks like getting your hair and nails done. And I actually hate getting my nails done. I like the result of it, but I hate going to the nail shop. So it's, um, it looks different for everybody. So what is it that fills you up? Mm. And if you can get back to that, because if you don't come to work as your whole self, it doesn't take much to get depleted. All it takes is one coworker saying the wrong thing to you or, um, x-ray, not picking up your patient on time or whatever. There are so many little things that could take you off your game because you're coming as a part of you, not your whole you. And no one's responsible for your whole you, but you. So, you know, we tend to blame everything around us about the environment. And granted, yes, that plays a role, but a lot of it has to do with attitude and how you approach every situation. So if you're not intentional about caring for yourself, there's no way you don't even know what you want. Like, how could you expect people to respect you and treat you a certain way? You're not respecting yourself enough to care for yourself. Mm. So I just say it starts with self. So when I found myself in that situation, I did the inner work. I got a therapist. I was journaling, Mm. praying more. I um, took better care of myself. I was drinking more water and getting more rest. And it's like all these things that we take for granted that we're supposed to be doing packing my lunches, making healthier choices. It all, like, there's all these categories of things that we neglect, but it manifests in our work life or in our relationships. And then all of a sudden it's your partner that's the one in the wrong or it's your coworkers that you can't stand. Well, really, have you really done the work? Like, have you done the work that you needed? Have you taken the time to care for yourself and setting the standard on how you want to be cared for and taken care of? If not, then we really need to take several steps back and like make sure that that's a, a focus. And um, because of, I tell people all the time, why are you wasting energy on things you can't control? Mm. I, I can't go to work mm. and ensure that no one's going to call in. I cannot ensure that all my patients are going to behave well. But what I can't control is how well I rested the night before. I had a good mm. breakfast. I got to work on time. I'm organized. I'm focused. I'm energized. And that way I can deal with whatever comes my way. Mm. But to like spend all my energy, 
getting all worked up because XYZ is not happening how it's supposed to happen. That's a waste of time and energy. I just focus on what I can do. Like, I'm going to listen to my music on the way in. I'm going to make sure I eat right. I'm going to make sure I, I have a good meal. I'm going to make sure I spent my free time away from work doing the things that make me whole again, spending the time with the people that I care for. So there's a lot of responsibility on us. And I think we tend to pass uh, on the people. That's what I was going to say. What I hear you speaking, like responsibility. There is some sure. like, there is, there's a lot of that, that responsibility, taking accountability for the things that you can control. And for me, that light bulb moment, when it happened, I was, I had to realize I was, I was a pity partier for sure. Mm. I was the one throwing the biggest pity parties. Like, oh, what was me? I'm the poor Latina girl. I don't have as much experience. I, mm. I've been going through so many things. People left me. I'm heartbroken. So this world is against me. You know, I, I took a lot of that versus like, pivoting pivot party parties mm. <laughs> like my friend oh come on pivot party <laughs> pivot parties right like I was throwing the most pity parties like whoa is me and in this cycle and then going to work just looking for everyone to fill me up to see me to recognize me and my goodness and my and my just everything I wanted them to see me as the nurse and that just yep. left me even emptier than before mm. like and it was something I had to really work through as a new nurse um because yep. I was an LVN and I went in as an RN so it was a big shift and just more responsibility um but instead of taking the responsibility that I could I was like shifting it off to everyone else, throwing the big pity Mm. parties, feeling bad for myself and getting into this cycle. Um, And I didn't even realize how burnt out I was. Like I was just so emotionally drained. Something had to change. And that through that pivot and the pivot party is how I was like, okay, I have responsibility. There are things that I can control. And when I realized that it was such an enlightening moment, it was such a like light bulb moment, the light came on in the dark room. I was like, oh, (laughs) right. There are things I can help. Exactly. And then once you are that whole person Hmm. and you, and there are um, issues at work or in life or in relationships that you need to address you're looking at it from a different lens, you know? Yes. So then you could be solution oriented instead of just staying in that space where you just want to complain about what's happening. Okay. Now for the things that I can impact, in what ways can I impact them? What ideas do I have to improve this? Mm. How do I take us to the next level and think of resolutions and solutions? Like don't come to me with a lot of problems. I know the problems are there. Come with solutions. You know, and and, I, and that's in every situation. I tell my kids that. Okay, what's your plan? You coming yes. and telling me it was. <laughs> what's the plan? What ideas do you have? How can we collaborate to make this different? And oh, so that's good. it's very easy to just stay in that space and just complain. And you hate it here. You shouldn't be here. But mm-hmm. if you love it here, but you're not a, having a good experience right now, how can we make it different? within our means and within our power. So, yeah. I get that. Like just hearing that and from your experience in, um, in management, I'm sure like 
you've you've experienced like nurses. We know the problems. It's easy for us to identify them. We're in the we're in the trenches. We know what's going for on, sure. how this work and this don't work, but this could work. You know, but we we tend to just bring up the issues. It's just the issues, the issues, the issue won't let me do my job. Won't. But when we like are able to shift, like, okay, how can I use my nursing power, <laughs> my nursing mm-hmm. brain for mm-hmm. okay, let's be solution oriented, let's be solution minded. Um, you, you gotta yeah. you gotta be able to do it for yourself first, though. For sure. You gotta for be sure. able to it starts do it with your self. own well being. Yeah. Absolutely. Starts with self. Yes. And I was fortunate enough to work with team members who had that um issue, but then after conversation, maybe one-on-one conversations, once they vented and got it all out, it's like, okay, that's normal too. That's part of the process. It's okay to be like, it sucks today. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, but what can we do? What are our resources? Who can we call? How can I help facilitate those conversations? And that's really what I'm there to do is to remove the barriers, but I'm not here to just facilitate, like you said, a pity party. Hmm. Let's transition into how I can make today better. And who do we need to call? Who do I need to escalate to? It's just a matter of mindset, um, like we've been talking about. So for sure, it happens to the best of us. You know, you do get stuck in that rut. It's repetitive. You get overwhelmed. Hmm. There's lack of resources, but if you scale back and take it back to taking care of you, I promise you can come back and refocus, regroup. Fresh minded. And it's like, okay, I've taken care of me. I'm not running on that empty. I'm not running on that. Everybody feel me up first. Like, you know, and then, you know, it's just like that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. I think about that. Like we want food, sleep, rest, those are yep. the, the foundations. And then at the top, that's when we reach our self-actualization, when we can do mm-hmm. those higher functioning things. And once I had that light bulb moment, I was like, what I'm missing is my own health, like doing <laughs> the things for my health, not just physically, yep. mentally, spiritually, like having yep. like really challenging my faith in God, like that bringing it back as a whole, like we're not just doing that, that moment right here, the whole, we're taking care of the mm-hmm. whole Fallon. We're taking care of the yep. whole nurse first, right? Absolutely. Before we can serve anyone else, we need to, we have to serve ourselves. To and serve then it's ourselves. not in a way. Yeah. And then it's not in a way where we're like, you need to do better, sis. Like what you doing? And that was something I right. had to work on, you know, like mm-hmm. just the way that I would try to get out the p- pity party was to like put on Captain America and high knees, high knees. You got to push. Yeah. Gotta push. <laughs> Have you ever experienced that when you had to? Absolutely. We we think the solution, especially if you're an overachiever, a high achiever, you think the solution is to go harder, right? Okay. Now I got to go get an. Let me go get another degree. Let me Ooh. go. You know, join another committee and add more to my plate. Uh, that's not the answer. You know, so you're speaking to me right now. You you preaching right now to me right now. <laughs> we all do it. We all do it. So you know that that need for productivity and that need for excellence. Because for me, it may look like okay, I may be falling short in this area, but I'm about to kill it and excel in this area. I'm about to join the PTA and be the best volunteer they've ever had. You know, even though things are kind of falling apart in another area, how do I? you know, excel in another area to feed that need to be great. And I had to really realize that that wasn't the answer. The answer was really just pouring back into myself, being my whole self. And I could actually 
do well in other areas. And then giving myself grace. Like, it's okay that I'm not holding it together all the time. Like, I'm yeah. human. Like you said, um, I, I really want you to share with the audience. I don't know if you've already talked about the painting because I think that really adds oh, yes. to the conversation. Oh, yes. Like, 2020, we, we were talking about this earlier. It just amplified the things that nurses go through. Like, it's been there. It's been present. The burnout, the emotional distress, mm-hmm. all the things. Um, so when, you know, COVID happened, we were doing the unthinkable to them, right? Like, we'd already been doing the unthinkable. Um, <laughs> but to just, we, we were doing it to a higher level. Yes, for sure. Right. Um, showing up in the unknown. They were calling us superheroes, you know? And, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, your superhero cape and... You're doing amazing, all all well-meaning, all heartfelt, all, all of it was encouragement to us, but it lacked that humanity part, you know? So mm-hmm. I felt like there was something, don't forget about my, hum- my humanity. Like I'm still yeah. a person underneath this superhero cape. Like I can't put Absolutely. on the cape all the time, you know? <laughs> so I painted that out. I, I shared that and um, I thought it was kind of controversial, but a lot of people... They they, they were they were rocking with it, with yeah, it. Like, yeah. Yeah, my uh, my hospital even put it up in their their gallery, and it was up there for a little bit. And it, people looked at it and and gave me compliments, and I was like, oh, okay. And it was a simple painting, but it said, you know, I'm not a superhero, I'm a human. And it was with the mm. nurse, and she was crying. She she was tired, you know. And it's okay for us to be tired. And I yep. think that just speaks to our humanity, like. You can't do the the high knees, the high knees all the time. Your right. body doesn't want that. Like your body wants to Listen. feel safe. It wants to feel comforted. It wants to feel like, you know, I can uh, grow. I am nourished, you know, and plants right. don't grow in like a a strict, humid environment. They need water. They need sunlight. You got to mm-hmm. talk to them. You know, we're, we're yeah. even more complicated <laughs> than the plants. Yeah. So wh- what do we need yeah. to grow? Right. Right. What do we need to grow? So yeah, yep. that was the painting. I love it. it love it. About. Yes. Thank you for sharing because I, I would love to see it actually. So I'll have please to send me. Okay. Yes. It's You'll have somewhere. to bring it out. It's somewhere and here. Show it. Yeah. Please yes, yes, yes. Sure. But just so important. I think I love this conversation just because it's, it's doesn't require as many resources, I think, as people think when it comes mm. to self-care. Yes. You know, people think it's like this insurmountable tax. Like, what do you mean? take care of myself. Like I take care of other people, especially nurses, which the majority of us are women. That's a conversation, right? That impacts us. We were used to pouring out. And um, I love this wave of us taking time and it's not selfish. It's, it's very, um, it's actually the best thing you could do for the people that need you. Yeah. To come to them whole, be the best version of yourself. And then you have enough to spare, you know, like, it's it's really simple math. Yeah. <laughs> Keep pouring out. Eventually you have nothing left to get. <laughs> so we want to live on refill. overflow. We want to live on overflow. We're yeah. not trying to live on the on just Reserves the like, empty. and no, exactly. not doing it. No, if we can help it, you know, there are days when, you know, you might be pushing through, but okay, asking for help, like being communicating and having your community, like we said before, and asking questions. Yeah, like, so um, what does it mean to have that empowering community to you? What what does that look like for Rama in this time? Oh, so multifaceted. I have such a phenomenal village um, and Mm -hmm. it transcends 
gosh, just overlaps in so many ways. My mommy village, my family, um, my work village, just uh, mentorship. And in every aspect of my life, I've just been trying to be very intentional about surrounding myself with people who um, light up at my achievements, who push me, who also I can reciprocate that energy with. And it's just um, been a safe space that I've think carefully curated, just been intentional about. So with my mommy village, it's just very important for us to be able to have these conversations and vent to each other, um, swap war stories, um, and, and just be able to be sharing resources and bringing each other in when there's events. We collaborate a lot when it comes to weeknight dinners. You know, sometimes we'll all get together and take turns or do a potluck style. The kids get to play. It's like a win-win. Mommies get to hang out. Kids get to play. Dinner is taken care of and it's all good, right? Oh my God, I love Um, it. Yeah. Yes. And with the nursing community, with Nurseify, I think uh, the thing that I've always desired in my nursing career is having an opportunity for nurses to get celebrated without a cause, you know, like not it having to be nurses week, not it having Mm -hmm. to be someone getting celebrated for going above and beyond for a patient, but just for being a nurse simply. Um, So we're able to curate these experiences in Houston. Um, We've actually even done some in other States. Like we were at the nurses March in Washington, DC a couple of years back. Mm Mm-hmm. And was able to get a networking event together just to get nurses together. And nurses just always really are so appreciative and very humble and very excited that someone is really without cost, is just willing to get them all together in the same room to just chat. And it's not, doesn't necessarily always have to be about work. So I think the nursing community, part of what we are not seen as, is being more than a nurse. And we actually Mm. just ran a campaign with Nurseify um, just so we're seen as humans, you know, to talk about your painting is like, yes, nursing is what I do, but it's not who I am. You know, Mm. there's more to me than that. I am also a mother. I'm also an entrepreneur. I'm also um, a brunch enthusiast. I'm also a traveler. Like there's all these things about me that I think, you know, people just stop at you're a nurse and I love being a nurse. I'm always going to be a nurse, um, but it's not, it doesn't define the whole scope. So my nursing community, my mom community, and then my friends and family, like my friends are my family. My family is my friends. And so I really try to make sure that there's opportunity and spaces for us to challenge each other, hold each other accountable, hold a safe space for vulnerability. All those things matter because outside of work, that's where I need to go to recharge. That's mm-hmm. where uh, I spent time in reflecting and understanding um, and growing in relationship building yeah. and having conversations because those skills also carry me um, into conversations that I may need to have in the business world, right? Because mm-hmm. there's really no buffer when you're an entrepreneur. When it comes to dealing with your clients and people of that nature, there's no HR person to call to have a difficult conversation with a potential Mm. client or a partner or a vendor. So just continuing to hone in on those people skills is very important. Um, And then you have your business community. So being intentional about um, networking, attending events. I think sometimes, uh, depending on your personality type, 
you may need to withdraw to recharge. Um, I, I recharge with people. I'm like, mm. I get my energy from others. Some people need to be in isolation to, in order to pour into themselves. So it's just very important to kind of know what your needs are or how it is that you refill so that you can do those things. Um, so again, starts with self before even yeah. building a community. How do you build a community around you if you don't even know who you are and what it is that your needs are and then what you can give to the community? So mm. again, every conversation, I just always take it back to self because if you don't start with self, you might start surrounding yourself with people who don't serve you, people who can't pour into you. And then you're leaving yourself even more depleted because now you're yeah. being stretched too thin. So if you don't know who you are, how are you going to ask people to help you? <laughs> like, how are you going to be a part? How are you going to be a part of a, of a relationship? Any relationship, romantic, any relationship, friendship, motherhood, anything. It takes like you have to know, know thyself, know thyself first. Listen, period. Know thyself. Because how can I ask you of anything? And I don't even know what it is that I require. Mm-hmm. And that's where the tumultuous relationships, you know, happen with work and with family, because it's like, you're giving people make signals because you yourself don't have a clue. Yeah. Listen, so. social, social health, that's social determinant, that social portion of it. It's it's so important to our overall well-being. Like yeah. uh, it, it gets for granted way too, way too often. We we are social, social creatures, depending on your personality. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you but we all need time for social people. We all have this basic need to know and to be understood, you yep. know? So having that, that need is okay. And finding your, yep. your flow in that, your balance in that, where, where do I land? Where do I stand in a relationship? It's so important. And starting with yourself, um, yes. I think nowadays I am more, you know, I'm more in tune with myself. Of course, I'm learning every day. Like, what is felony? What is she? How does she want to show up um, mm-hmm. so that I can be a part of a relationship? Not just to take, but what can I add? Like you were saying. Absolutely. That's so important. Yeah. You know, Your the type of friend you want. Yeah. The type of friend you want. You have to be, be that first. person. Yes. Be that person. And sometimes it takes a little bit of a stretch, but it, it, it mm. you know, it's a cycle. It reciprocates. And sometimes one person is doing the heavy lifting while the other person is doing the mm. receiving. And there's ebbs and flows, but just understanding the cycle of it, it's not. So I, I and I'm just completely fortunate to be able to have such a strong circle. Like I cannot say enough good things about the people in my life currently. And, you know, there's been some adjustment over the years. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm sure there's been work in there too. You've been putting in some work to build that circle. Listen, yes. And, you know, therapy, I'm a big proponent Mm. proponent of um, having things in your toolbox and just kind of knowing, like you have that intuition um, that God put inside of you that kind of guides some of the things. But with therapy, I think you're able to differentiate, is this a trauma response or is this my intuition? Because sometimes those two things can feel very similar. Like you get this feeling inside of you, but really you're being triggered by something different versus is this, this doesn't feel good to me. And we all Mm -hmm. have that. We have that moment, you know, when it comes to patient care, a doctor may Mm -hmm. ask you to do something that just, uh, you may not be able to put your finger on it, but you're like, this doesn't feel good or doesn't feel right. Mm. Taking having the 
the no, uh, the wherewithal to stop and be like, okay, yes, let me like process this that I'm feeling. Because sometimes when you push past it, it could really mm-hmm. be detrimental. You know. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like that pause, pause for the cause. It don't have to be a whole journaling session. You know, maybe you just pause. What does this mean? What is this response? And I found myself doing that. And maybe a tear falls. Maybe I have to go, okay, (laughs) get back to me. What, 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 let me get back to the truth of it. Like what, Mm -hmm. who am I in this situation? Where does Fallon reside? So I get that, that back and forth. And So that today I was in my quiet time. I was like, Lord, what does this mean? You know, just so I get that. And you have to take that therapy, therapy, Mm -hmm. Jesus and therapy is I'm a huge Mm -hmm. advocator for both, like trusting God in your purpose. What is this about? But also having the resources to work it out to, to really in the moment when, when the times get tough, what, what are you going to do? How are you going to work it out. I think that's, that is definitely a gem that we can share for with sure. our listeners today. Just taking yes, a pause. For the absolutely. Pause. Taking that okay. pause and moment for clarity is just very, very important. And it's okay. Like I think in today's society, there's this Im- need for immediate gratification and people have this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this need for you to immediately respond to them. And sometimes it just may look like like, I don't know that answer for you right now, or I'm, let yeah. me get back with you or give me yeah. a minute to process, you know, and we're so used to, because we're texting and emailing and people have this expectation that they want you to respond back to them immediately. And sometimes that's not really the best move, right? Yeah. Cause you can yeah. have an emotional response. And so that pausing is so important. And like you said, it doesn't necessarily mean, okay, let me get back to you next month. It could just look like you see that text and you don't respond immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. You know, take some time to get back to it and have a a clear mind and a clear head. But yeah, that pausing is is just so important. I like that the texting, the answering messages. That's been something that I've had to yeah work with as well. Like if I see something come up, does it mean I have to automatically respond? Right. Maybe I'm not in the best moment, in the best headspace at the best time, but nope. I will get nope. back to you. I will answer you a little bit later. And I think that's that's no. that's an empowering move. That that's that feels good. Oh, right for then. sure. Yeah. It yeah. definitely does. There's so much power. I mean, again, going back to like focusing on what you can control. Um I would rather be thoughtful in my response than to just yes. feel like I need yes. to satisfy your request for an immediate response. Because then it's or like my, work. maybe my expectation, my maybe Correct. I'm overthinking it, like, oh, they're gonna think something. Yes, for sure. I've had to mute a lot of notifications and there are certain people (laughs) that when I'm on on, do not disturb, they absolutely cannot access me until I'm ready to really go and deal with that because you you do have these expectations from yourself and from others. And it's not always the best um, thing to do. Emails was always a struggle for me, especially Mm -hmm. as a nurse leader, because it's on my phone. And so I remember getting feedback from one of my managers that reported to me. I had one in each site. When I first started um, and I joined the team, I would also respond to emails over the weekend. Um, And if they were CC'd on it, they would see my reply. And so I remember her sharing with me that she felt obligated to then also be as productive on the weekends because she saw that I was working on the weekends. And so I had to take that feedback and be like, I wasn't trying to set the standard, Mm -hmm. um, 
that you should respond to emails no matter what time of day they come in. It just so happens for me, I don't like to come into to work in the morning with an inbox full of things. If I can respond, I will respond. If it doesn't require like an attachment, I'll just answer. So I, so Monday, that's like one less thing I have to do. But if she hadn't told me that, I, I created this thing for her where she felt in order to meet up to my standard of productivity that she had to be tuned into her emails at 11 p.m. and early in the morning. And for me, it was a way for me to control my anxiety when I got to work because I hate opening mm. my inbox and it's like all the, these things in there. So I was doing something and not realizing how it was impacting her um, perception of what I expected of her. So creating and fostering that environment of like open communication, I would have never known, you know, that I was doing that for her and causing her extra stress when she was trying to unplug. And I'm like, listen, that's me, but I don't have to be you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So I struggled for a long time with that boundary with the emails and um, being because when you have a 24 hour department, you do feel like you have to stay connected mm. all the time. Right. Because you got night shift people, you got weekend people. You can't really afford to just be like, I'm not dealing with work till I get back on Monday. Yeah. Oh, that's so. such an interesting perspective to hear from the a leadership side, like what, what it means to do self-care differently. And, you know, sometimes people have different perceptions, but that doesn't necessarily no. have to be you, sis. Like, no. remember that, like if somebody's answering, going, like, it does not have to be you. It does not have to be it you. Does it's not. Like, yeah, yeah. What, and definitely that. communicating to the people that you work with, like, what, what are your boundaries? Okay. I understand you work at night and I, I let you sleep during the day. So you got to let me sleep at night. Feel free mm-hmm. to send me an email and I'll get back to you. You can read it on your night shift. And, and if I'm up and I do respond, just know that, yes, I'm engaging because I'm available. But just being clear in communication. Communication. About, it's just, listen, bottom line, if people, if you don't tell them, they're going to make up a story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've and done that's it. Just I've done nature. it. You you create this mm. whole narrative in your head. If I don't clearly communicate and fill in the gaps for you, you are going to do it. Um, yeah. And and I don't know what I don't know. You don't know what you don't know. So if if I don't explain it to you, you're going to come up with your own explanation. You're going to yeah. label this person as this, that, and the third. And that happens with coworkers. If you're quiet, people consider you disengaged. Like, like if you keep to yourself, you work hard and do your thing. Well, she's not a team player. Well, maybe this person just has social anxiety and has trouble connecting with others. And so if you don't communicate and find out why their work style is like that, you'll never know. And then we write them off as somebody who's not a team player. So there's just all these things that come into play um, as humans. And I think, again, starting with self and trying to go back inside and figure out how your interpersonal relationships are impacted by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just hear this uh, saying from my one of these um, somebody that I listen to a lot, Dr. Anita. Anita, what's her last name? Dr. Anita. She does the in the in the light podcast, and she she's always like, "Why get mad 
about a story, a, a story that you don't even know is true. Why be mad about that? You don't even know if it's true. You, We make up stories with the worst possible outcome and be upset. Just Listen. so mad and don't even but know But did that happen true. though? Like she people said, get she mad about that. the could haves. She's like, make up a good story in your head then. You know, when you start formulating that, that, oh, they did that. They're running late because they don't really respect me. They don't really understand my time. They don't value me. What about you get, get, make up a good story? Maybe she run a little behind because maybe she had to stop and get her kids a snack on Mm -hmm. the way home so that she can maybe give us more attention for our meeting a little bit. Like, you know, like we make up stories. We and make I up stories all the time, all the time. And yes, I've I've been guilty of that, but I also find oh, myself yes. redirecting people when they're telling me a story and they come, they're like, oh, well, yeah. no, they did this. And I'm just like, but how you know though? <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How was, is that? Fact? Did you talk to Where, them? What's your source? Yes. Did you, but did you, but did you talk to them? <laughs> how you know? Who told you that? <laughs> And that's that's the thing that we, you know, with the right community, um, building relationships, you know, we should be holding each other accountable to and in a loving way, kind way, whatever, you know, but holding each other accountable. I think that's so crucial to relationship building as well. And when you have that strong community with you and you are able to be open, transparent, like you, you feel more in tune with you. Like you have that feedback, right. like, okay, this person right. is going to keep it real with me. They're going to there, but there, it's not just to call me out. It's to build relationship. It's absolutely. We're in this together. They want like, you to do better. They want you to do better. I remember, and I, I use this sometimes in giving feedback and one of my mm. old CEOs before he said what he said to me, which now I don't even remember what it was that he was telling me, but I do remember how he prefaced it. He said, I'm giving this feedback because I care about you and your growth. Mm. And mm. so he framed the conversation in a way that I was able to receive what it, whatever it was that he was about to tell me he's doing like it because that. he wants me to be better. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to get defensive because it's yeah. like, no one wants to hear that they poo-poo stank. <laughs> we know Nobody that, wants but you don't want to hear it. <laughs> don't tell me that. I don't know. I'm working on it. Like, okay? like, don't talk about it. <laughs> I'm great. What do you mean? So, oh yes, gosh. if you frame it in that way, you want to create an environment where people can receive what it is that you're come from a loving place. You know, yeah. I want you to do better. I want you to be great. Oh, that's so good to have those tough conversations. That's something that mm. we 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 talked about on another podcast. Courageous conversations. What does it look like? you know, to, to open up, to be transparent. And I think in this season of um, empowerment and learning my purpose is just going back to like, okay, what is, what is my intention with things? Like we've been saying awareness, self-awareness, what, what are my intention with this conversation? Like, you know, so you're not Mm -hmm. going back and forth with that. Is it a trigger response? Am I trying to really help this person? Like, but what is my intention knowing yourself and why you want to communicate this, the overall why, of the yes. whole thing. What is the why? What is the rationale right now? You know, why are we having this conversation? Um, will help you align and then verbalize. And it takes practice yep. and over time. And who I can't imagine as a manager what what you had to do. Yes. With. It's like having a bunch of your children because you got to learn each individual. You have mm. to understand 
what's best in in your style of communication. You may have mm-hmm. to say the same thing five different ways just to yeah. make sure that um, you uh, reach everyone that you need to yeah. reach, you know? And so that is so key and so important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Ms. Rama, as we wrap up, I just want to know really, really quickly, the last thing. Uh, I'm I'm like my background. (laughs) No worries. No worries. Hey, 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 friends. (laughs) What is your go-to self-care at this time? If you want to just share with us as we wrap up, I just want to learn a little bit more about your self-care, what that looks like. And we can end off. Um, It looks different depending on what it is that I've experiencing. So if I've had like a physically strenuous week, you know, I, I had a lot of travel in the past couple of weeks. And so for, for me, that meant a lot of sitting still and like mm. physical things that, you know, get your body back in shape because it's very taxing on the body to mm. get on and off the plane and sitting in the airport. Um, so I always just before I even plan what it is that I need to do to pour back into myself, I consider all that I've been experiencing for the past Mm -hmm. few days. Mm -hmm. Um, If I've been doing a lot of talking, it might look like some quiet time. Um, Mm -hmm. If I've been neglecting myself and just eating out, I I might just do a quick little cleanse, um, do some extra time in the gym, but which that should be consistent regardless. Um, If I've just been feeling emotionally like drained, um, extra prayers and journaling and mm. um, spending time with the people that pour back into me. Uh, yeah. Spending If I've spent a lot of time in isolation and just busy and like working and kind of in my hole of productivity, it may look like some more brunch dates. It may look like going outside, you know? So I think it's just important to know where it is that your cup is lacking. Because as you mentioned earlier, there's different levels to it, right? There's a spiritual care, there's a physical care. So I have it all. Like I'm got a whole list of things. I love massages. I love listening to music. I love candles, like aesthetics Mm. really matter to me. I like a clean environment. Um, I always try to make sure that my house is clean before I leave or out of town. So when I walk into the house, it's like, Ooh, okay. Oh yeah. There's a space for me to like regroup and come back to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love so, that. I love that. All the all the things. I do all the things. <laughs> and look, all it doesn't it doesn't sound overwhelming like how we were saying before. I think you were sharing like some people think it's just like this laundry list of to-dos. Like you yep. find maybe your basics and you start adding to it. Like what is this? What mm-hmm. do I need? And it becomes like natural. Like you start yes. to be aware, like, oh, it's been an emotionally hard week for me. Like, for me, I got to cry it out. I got to be, like, I got to take some time and the tears got to come out and I got to purge it. And it's okay. Yes. yes purging, yes, yes. purging it out, you know? So, yep. and it becomes like this natural thing. So, I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing all of those wonderful things. You're welcome. Um, well, what about you? I want to hear. Maybe I can get some more oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ideas for myself. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Sundays uh, or Saturdays, they're like my slow it down Saturdays. Um, so I try to really just wake up really, you know, slowly versus like, oh, my alarm come, went off, you know, like on the weekdays. Um, so I, I try to just wake up slow, 
try not to answer any emails, any phone calls, any texts, just go straight to like, okay, talking nicely to myself, you know, try Mm. not to go into, it's really like a lot of mindset for me because I'm this Mm -hmm. thinker. I have a lot of thoughts and if I get up and I go and I'm like, I'm exhausted by the end of the day. So I tried to save some energy for me throughout the day, you know, just like going slow. It's, it's really Mm. important to me so that I don't like by the end of the day, I'm like exhausted, emotionally drained, like going slow really helps me. And just talking to myself kindly, that's like my huge self-care. Like whenever I feel those triggers coming up where I'm like my worst critic, why did you show up that way? Just Mm. being able to identify it. Yeah. And just replacing those, taking a moment like, okay, maybe I need to go to the restroom for a minute. This brought up something for me. Why? You know, instead of reacting, that has been a huge one for me, for sure. And just my daily things like working out, enough water, making time for journaling, talking to my boyfriend, spending time with my dog outdoors, like definitely getting vitamin D is so, I mean, Houston is hot. So I'm going like early in the morning. struggling. Yes, I'm like struggling trying to get that vitamin D because it's ooh, baby. By the pool, by the pool. Yes. At the beach, maybe yes. a little, a little beach. Time. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. So. I Those love are that. Major, major. I do definitely want to um, take that, take away the slow start because I think mm. it's so impulsive to grab your phone and immediately like try to get caught up. Oh um, yeah. So do you like keep it away from your nightstand? Like, how do you? It's on my nightstand. But that's big for me because before it was under my pillow. So I was like, mm. as soon as I woke up, turned the pillow, it was like in my hand. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. And the drawer is a little further away from my bed. So I have to actually get up to get it. So it's like, oh, okay. okay. If I'm getting up, like, yeah, this is not, maybe it's time to start my day versus like in the bed trying to just, and the first thing is just like, if it's going to be my Bible app or like looking at my boyfriend's text, that's about it. Like, I'm not. I really have to be intentional. It's really intentional mm. about not Facebook, not Instagram, not the emails. Because right. right. that's what I want to go to. And if I do, don't beat myself up over it. Like, just, okay, right. you did it slowly. Okay, come on back. It's okay. Get back off of there. You didn't see it. Just come back over right. here. You know? <laughs> so, definitely. I love it. Okay, listen, I'm adding something to my list because I think oh, that's so glad. something that I've been like, oof. Like, okay, how do I? And then, you know, I try to justify. I'm like, no, I need to because, da, 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 da. but no, you're right. I need, it has to definitely be a day. And I would, I would love it to be Saturday and Sunday morning. Oh, yes. I know. So, um, I know. Oh. Well, thank you. You thank are you busy. For I appreciate for that. For sure. For sure. You're just a busy go getter, high achiever lady. So, I have gained so many gems from our conversation. So, if I can leave with, leave you with anything for sure, just, Oh, yes. Several, several, several. And we're definitely going to get together on this partnership for the Alumni Association. I see a lot of great opportunities and alignment there. So I will be definitely sending you an email also to get Benjamin's Calendly. So, yep. Yes. Hook me up. Consultant, all (laughs) of the things. Ms. Rama Walker, connector. Thank you. Thank you you, so much for joining us on the You Globe Nurse podcast. We look forward to having you again super soon. So for sure. Yes, I would love to come back. Um, This was a great conversation. I can't wait to share it and let the world hear about our amazing chat today. Oh, yes. Yes. This is a wonderful way to start the weekend for sure. 
Thank you, Miss Rama. Have a have a wonderful rest of your weekend. We will be you too. For sure. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Bye. Bye. Y'all, it's been real. Ms. Rama Walker was in the building sharing with us all things self-care, purpose, and empowering purpose. What does that look like in the life of a nurse, in the life of a high achiever? So, so much more in this conversation with Ms. Rama. All right, friends, it's been real. Please like, subscribe, share this podcast episode with any of your community, with your friends, with a nurse that could use this news for sure. It's been real, friends, and we will see you next time. Bye.